Rolling. 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 Maybe that's not even. Hey, what's up church people? One of my favorite things about being a pastor is getting to have amazing conversations with people that are just awesome. Something that I've seen to be true over the years is that church is just better with people you know, love, and trust. So this podcast is taking a hack at turning up the relational temperature around you. A chance for you to live through me as I get coffee with church people. My name is Colby Allen, and I get to be on the pastoral staff here at College Heights. And today, I'm joined by someone who many of you know, Chantel Coffee. Hi, Chantel. Hello. How are you? I'm good. Well, hey, let's just jump right in. Tell us about the early years of Chantel. Well, I have kind of a crazy story. I, my childhood is divided in half. Mm. The first half of it was drugs sex rock and roll with my parents who were not christ followers mm. who had my mother especially had a super traumatic upbringing yeah and uh because of that bad choices were made i wasn't planned they were not mm. married and i came on the scene and my parents just struggled in life mm. and so by about age 11 my mother asked my father's parents to take me and they wow. said that they would but only if they could adopt me yeah so like, i was going we're not just going to take you temporarily this needs to be official right i was going back and forth between homes yeah like for years between grandparents theirs my mom was super unstable mm. my dad distributed pot grew yeah. distributed pot right. so she she agreed to that and my grandparents adopted me at age yeah. 11. Yeah. And so the second half of wow. my childhood was a a very um I felt I felt protected and I had a home and I yeah. loved that. Yeah. And uh that's where church entered yeah. my life. And um but it was super different than the 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 first half of my life was no parameters, right? No guardrails, yep. just only child with dysfunction, yep. just functional parents. To very steeped in church life, mm -hmm. with you know grandparents. My grandfather was very staunch Baptist, mm -hmm. so I I gravitated towards that yeah. because that felt safe to me. Sure, but in that process, um, I. I grew to love scripture. Yeah. I grew to love the church. I grew to love really all things church. Yeah. Because I like the rules. <laughs> I like the routine. It mm -hmm. was safe. I knew what to expect. Yep. And I just need to be good and, and follow the rules. Right. I'm not rebellious by nature. Yeah. So watching my parents be rebellious yeah. was never anything that enticed me. <laughs> I felt like the parent trying to be like, hey, stop acting that way, you know. Yeah. But um as I grew up, I, because of the, the religion mm. and this, the guardrails around that, I thought that my walk with the Lord, although I love the Lord, yeah. I, I didn't understand relationship with mm. God. So there was never a time that I did not know God was around, even when I was with my parents. Yeah. I have felt God's hand on me from my earliest memory. Yeah. He has been with me. But at about, I was baptized at nine. Yeah. But at 16, I went to a youth camp. And that's where I really made a decision hmm. for Christ to follow him. And I was very involved with our youth group, very involved with uh, discipleship yeah. for young young teenagers. And I was the weird kid that took my Bible to school. Mm -hmm. I wanted people to know Jesus. Yeah, yeah. And I really loved the Lord, really yeah. had a heart for him. And I wanted to be a missionary yeah. when I was young. I yeah. felt called to the mission field. But at the same time, when I went to this youth camp, I was dating my now husband. Yeah. 
our first date was my 16th birthday and he did not feel called to the mission field. And so we ended up getting married at 18. I was 18, almost 19. Yeah. And he was 21. And that was one of the best decisions of my life. Did people feel like that was early? Oh, yes. They they were like, <laughs> what are you guys doing? Yes, or, yes. They're, my grandmother loved Randy. Yeah. But she, because she had had an early marriage yeah. and had a hard marriage. Sure. She was not supportive. But I just saw Randy. He was different from other guys I had dated. And I saw him from afar. And I was just, I just thought he, he's solid. Mm-hmm. He's a good person. Yep. And I can make a life with him. Yeah. And at that point, even though I appreciated being in my grandparents' home as opposed to my parents, yeah. there were still things that were hard. And I, re- mm-hmm. I was an only child, and I really just wanted to get on with my life. Yeah. And so we fell in love, and yeah. we got married. And it was a good decision for us to marry yeah. young. We kind of yeah. raised each other. Right. I don't recommend it for everybody. But we, it was good for us. Well, Megan and I, you know, people will say something along the lines of like, don't you want to grow up first? Don't you want to, don't you want to do all these things? And we're like, we got married. I was 21. Yeah. And which for now, that's way early, you know? And, uh, and we're kind of like, but we, we kind of grew up together, right? you know? So it wasn't that we had to do all these other things before we got married, but it was, we did it together. Yeah. So we I'm really glad that we got married at the age we did. And, yes. Yeah. Randy was like a best friend to me. Yeah. And because of the craziness, I mean, there's part of me that someday I would love to just be able to share the craziness of home life and on both sides of what that mm-hmm. looked like for me. But Randy was safe yeah. and he was my best friend. Yeah. And I... I, we did not have a whirlwind romance. It wasn't like I saw him across the room. Yeah. And it was nothing like that. It was just I knew I could do life with him. Yeah. And so we did it. Wow. And it's been, we're coming up on 38 years, 37, 38, somewhere in there. Yeah. Wow. So, Praise yeah. God. Yeah. That is awesome. Yes. Do you remember what was, uh, what happened at that youth camp? That was so compelling for you. I don't remember. Yeah. I do remember going forward. I don't remember what was said. Uh-huh. But I think I think what was going on, as I remember back, I knew that I loved the Lord mm-hmm. and I knew I was saved, but there what I there wasn't this I'm all in. Yeah. And at that camp, I made the choice. I am all in. Right. And I'm sold out. (laughs) And I want to live my life for him. Every ounce of my life, I want to live for him. Yeah. You know, I'm thinking, I'm trying to think back as you're talking on all of the podcast interviews that we've done so far. I think, if I'm, correct me if I'm wrong, email me. I think every one of the stories that we've had so far, there's something formative, trajectory altering that happened in everyone's story at a getaway, at some sort of camp, CIY move, something along those lines that everyone so far has had something like that. I agree. And and to me, I'm like, we have to value that. Yes. We have to prioritize it as families. We have to, and even as adults, we have to retreat. We have to get away. We have, there's something, there's a principle in the universe that the Lord is like programmed into our souls and the way he does things that we have to get away. You know, I think of Jesus in the garden and mm-hmm. think of, you know, him going away after doing ministry and, um, even the Israelites through the the desert, there's these special moments that happen when it's away from the daily grind. I agree. He does something. Right. And our youth group was, it was extraordinary. Mm. So it was at Calvary Baptist yeah. and we had, gosh, I bet we had a hundred kids, <laughs> 
but we traveled to other churches and performed. Wow. We sang. Yeah. We pre. We had youth that preached. <laughs> we had youth that did uh, skits. We had youth that did puppet shows. Yeah. We cut an album. <laughs> we had all matching outfits. Yeah. We performed at Silver Dollar City at Youth Weekend. Wow. And Randy and I were on a panel when we were dating down there for um, for Christian dating and what that looks like. Hmm. And I look back at that and think, that is so funny yeah. that we did that even as dating people. Yeah. So the youth group, I felt like, was very progressive yeah. and had a lot of sponsors and uh-huh. a lot of support. Yeah. And I can tell you today that a lot of those kids follow the Lord. Yeah. Wow. There, there was something special in that group. That is awesome. Yeah. I... <laughs> I think when a church puts their weight behind pouring into young people, yes. it does something. Yes. That is awesome. Okay, so then you guys um, get married at 18. What happens next? So we get married, and <clears throat> my life was a series of just hard events. Mm. Um, my my parents were still dealing with addiction, mm-hmm. and... Uh, well, so from 11 to this time, 11 to 18, what was your interaction like with, with your my parents? parents? Yeah. What kind of relationship or connection did you still have with them? So I could still speak with them, yep. but my mom lived in Atlanta and my dad was either homeless yep. or uh, unemployed or he might be in jail some. Yeah. I never was quite sure where he was or what was going on. So there was an inbred fear in Mm -hmm. me at an early age of just, where are my parents? How are they doing? I always feared they were going to die of a drug overdose. That was an early fear. And I wanted to see them more, but... And I, my grandmother, I let, my grandmother was a wonderful woman and she came to know the Lord, like I think in her upper Mm thirties and had a rough go with her husband, my grandfather. But, um, I think in her wisdom, I look back now, I have so many questions I wish I could ask her now, but I look back and I think that she probably kept me from my parents. Sure. Uh, cause we battled a lot. I would say, I want to call my parents. And that's back when you had yeah. to pay for long distance phone yeah. calls. Yeah. So she couldn't afford it. Yeah. Or I, well, and that's the, what she would say. Right. You know, it's like, right. Yeah. And I just kind of wonder if she was protecting me at that sure. point, but I wanted to be adopted by my grandparents. Mm. I was for that. I had to go before a judge and, and denounce that I wanted to maybe denounce isn't the right word, but just say, I didn't want to live with my parents yeah. and I wanted to live with my grandparents, but I never factored in. That would mean I wouldn't see them very often. Yeah. Like I wanted my, my grandmother to take care of me, but I still wanted to see my parents. So that was a heartbreak. Yeah. And one that I, it, it, even into my adulthood, I really struggled with the pain of that. I felt yeah. abandoned and yeah. rejected by my parents. Of course. Yeah. 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 So when they, um, when my parents weren't around and, you know, I was going to school, I had, I was in a steady school all the way through from my grandparent time. Where was that? Seneca. Yeah. Uh, all of those pieces, you know, a steady home. Mm -hmm. I'd come home and my grandmother was home. Yeah. I went to the same school. I went to the same church yep. from 11 until graduation. Yep. It it built some foundation in me hmm. where before it was shaky, yeah. shaky at best. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. Okay, so fast forwarding back to you guys get married. Then what? So we got married and... My ideal was to set up house mm. and it was going to be great. And I was going to do it all perfectly. Started nesting immediately. Oh, yes. We were going to have the <laughs> cutest house and we were going to, you know, be involved in our church. And we both worked. We both were in college. Yeah. And it became evident quickly that the pain of all that I had experienced with my parents was still present, even though I thought, oh, I'm out on my own now, and I know how to live life. 
there was still a lot of baggage. Right. I'm gonna it, yeah, I'm gonna leave that behind. Yes, but it sticks. Yes, it's and sticky it came and it out, comes with us. Yeah. It came out in our marriage. I yeah. did not know how to handle conflict. Yeah, and Randy is the most peace loving guy, and I would get spun out about something, and he would not engage that. And you know, every other week, I I was saying, I we need to get a divorce. This isn't working. Mm. Which that's what I saw with my parents. Sure. So that's what I knew. So two years into our marriage, some friends invited us to a marriage encounter. Yeah. And that was the change. Yeah. We made a decision at that marriage encounter that divorce was no longer on the table. It. Yeah. And we would work through it. Yeah. And that's when our marriage started to grow mm. because we had to work through the issues. Yeah. And although uh, we loved each other, I highly respected Randy. It made me dig deep. So focus on the family was a big ministry back then. Yep. And I started digging in with focus and yeah. getting their resources. Yeah. How do I how do I have a successful marriage? Right. How do I heal from childhood wounds? Yeah. How do I handle parents with addiction problems? Right. And so we started on that journey and together we got very involved in church. Very, I got very involved in reading these books and whatnot. But the side note was my parents were still entrenched in their life that was intrusive into my life. Yeah. And I wanted yeah. relationship with them, yeah. but I didn't know how to have a healthy relationship with mm. them. I just wanted a mom and a dad that wanted to be a part of my life. Yeah. So the next years were spent trying to figure that out. But four years into our marriage... I was pregnant with Randon. My grandmother died mm. of lung cancer. Just a short time after that, my grandfather died of cancer. Mm. And a short time after that, my dad died of a heroin overdose. And I, when I was pregnant with Randon, that's when my grandmother died. And I remember coming home from the hospital and looking at Randon and thinking, I don't know how to do this. <laughs> I don't have a mom. Yeah. I don't have my grandmother's not here. Uh, like for real, terrified. I don't know how to handle a baby. I don't know what to do with a baby. I had not babysat. I had not been around children. So bless his little heart. Randy and I gutted it out. You know, <laughs> we figured it out. I had friends and I'd call friends. I'd read books. But. I had really severe postpartum depression. Yeah. And I didn't understand that at the time. But after I, you know, a couple months in a doctor's visit and some things, we figured out I'm dealing with postpartum depression and grieving. Yeah. I'm grieving my grandmother Absolutely. passing away. It's all tangled up and mixed in yes. together. Yeah. And I'm overwhelmed with yep. motherhood. I yep. didn't know what I was doing. And Randon, we wanted Randon. He was a planned baby. Yeah. Yeah. And he's so cute and wonderful. But it still is. It still is. <laughs> yeah. He's still cute and wonderful. But, um, we had that, that was a, a layer, a hard layer yeah. to a lot of grief, postpartum depression. And Randy just was a trooper, you know, mm. d doing the best he could do. So we got through that. Then the next few years were just spent solidifying, growing, mm. um, building a family. How was Randy family working life? at the highway department at that point? No, he was at the bank. Okay. He worked at the bank. And he was going to night school yeah. to finish college. Yeah. And I had stopped going to college yeah. to be home full time. It was important to me to be home. Yeah. Um, so those were fun years of yeah. just learning to be a mom, <laughs> you know, getting our family solid. Yeah. But again, addiction problems yeah. with my mom yeah. and all the layers of that was yeah. always infiltrating. Yeah. And an un my unhealed heart yeah. of how to be in relationship with right. her, how to handle that. Um, so there was stress in that realm. And uh, there was some stress with my, my mother-in-law. Yeah. Some problems there. Yeah. So, you know, she had trauma wounds as a child with her mom. Yep. I had trauma wounds as a child with my mom. So yep. we were kind of oil and water yeah. a little bit. Yeah. But as the years went by, God has been so faithful to in every season bring 
the resource, the strength, the help. And I think that I've learned, you know, when we're young, we just want God to fix the problem or we want him to come in and just get it all going in the right direction. And I think what I've learned as an older person is that God is at work, but it's it's sometimes in layers. Mm. We've got to get this layer uncovered mm. and healed. Then the next layer yeah. can be uncovered and healed. Yeah. And so all those scriptures about waiting on the Lord are very mm. sweet to me because yeah. as an older middle-aged woman, yeah. I look back now and I'm like, you've taught me to wait on you. Yeah, You've taught me to not get anxious in the waiting, but to mm. be still yeah. and to know you've got it yeah. and you're going to figure it out. But I'm just mm. growing up in you. Yeah. I'm growing up in Christ. I'm a baby growing yeah. up in Christ. Yeah. I don't know yeah. how to do this, yeah. but he's patient. Yeah. So, yeah. I always think of like grief and forgiveness and healing as like an onion, you know, and, yes. and you, you work so hard on one layer and you're like, oh, I did it. Yes. I forgave them. <laughs> <laughs> I I healed from that. And it's like, well, but there's another layer. You right. know, like you peel yes. it back and you're like, wait a second. How many of these do I have to go through Yeah. to finish this thing? And it's a lifelong, yeah. l- endless amount of layers yeah. that we don't realize. Right. And then Shaylee came along and uh, she was a delight. And I was much more ready yeah. for that experience I hired someone to come help me Uh and that was wonderful and I have a funny story with that so the girl that I hired was the oldest child of our pastor and his wife she was maybe 16 yeah but they had eight children seven Uh, or eight she was mama she was was more of a mama mama. yeah Yeah, she knew more (laughs) about mothering than I did and so um I hired her so I could get a nap every day yeah and just to not feel overwhelmed and stressed. Mm. And that was a wonderful decision. So for young mamas that are listening, do what you've got to do to take care of yourself. Yeah. Like that is key yeah. in mothering. So anyway, she came on the scene and one day she was at the house and I lay down for a nap. And then when I got up, she had been holding Shaylee. And she said, um, Chantel, do you know that Shaylee's tongue tied? And I said, no, I don't even know what that means. Yeah. And she said it, her tongue won't come out so her sucking ability is diminished yeah and I was like okay I don't okay you know so I took Shaylee to the doctor and sure enough yeah she was and we got her tongue clipped and that's just a funny story we tease her about about you know once we got her tongue clipped well yeah (laughs) the rest is history (laughs) but you know God sends God sends who we need. Yeah. Pray, pray for yeah. God's resources. Yeah. He is unlimited. He will take care of us. We right. just got to knock on his door. A 16-year-old mothering expert. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> she was such a blessing. Her name was Karis Wiedemann. Yeah. Some of you probably know yeah. her, but she was a blessing awesome. to me. Yeah. Does she have lots of kids now? I eight. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of course she does. Yeah. Um, what did your faith look like through your 20s? So... I was super involved in BSF, and I put a shout out for BSF. If you don't know your Bible, get to BSF, because they're going to teach you how to study your Bible. I was in leadership, and that taught me leadership skills that I use today. Uh, My kids went through the program, and BSF is, it's international, and it's it's an amazing Bible mm-hmm. program. If you can go, I say go get your kids in it. They have yeah. one for men, women, and children in yeah. Joplin. Yeah. But again, I was still very much ingrained in church as an organization, mm. church as a, um, a, a con, a conduct guide, um, the Bible as the rule book, prayer as I need to do this. So I love the Lord, but I was still in the safe zone of I do these things and that makes me okay. And still missing the boat on relationship. So that that still had not come yet. Yeah. The relationship with God. Mm. It was still very much learning to how to be a Christian. Yeah. And missing some of the sweeter, deeper nuances. Mm. 
So when did that start? How long did you hang out there in that, like, I just do the things and yes. I'm, you know, I don't have the relationship. How long did you hang out there? And then when did that start to, like, when did God start to woo you and start <laughs> to draw you in? Because it's his, it's his yeah. action, right? It, it, he's the one that's doing that. He was wooing the whole yes, time. Right. And I look back and I see the people he brought in my path yeah. and I was missing it. Right. But he's patient and he loves me and mm -hmm. he was not he was not gonna give up. But I would say way I hung out in that zone way too long. Twenties yeah. and thirties. Yeah. But I'm gonna cut myself some slack. I yep. grew up in a Southern Baptist church. Right. Then we got into a a, a more and I'm not gonna name it, but yeah. a more legalistic church mm. um and that might have even been kind of my viewpoint sure. you know but it i love the rules i mm. love i love the code yeah. this is the code this yep. is how you do it i can do that it's clear it's, it's clear simple. it's not yep. ambiguous yep. and i and i love that mm. it was safe but probably um in my mid-30s i started having some significant health problems yeah and at that point, I was just, you know, kind of like, God, I'm doing all the things. Why am I sick? Yeah. That type of conversation with God. Yeah. And um, I was hearing, well, maybe God wants you sick. Maybe God, you know, is doing something in your life through this sickness. And so for way too many years, mm -hmm. I accepted that yeah. as a part of thinking maybe God wants me sick mm. and how do I learn to live with the sickness? Yeah. How, and there were many, I had many problems, yeah. physical, and I was starting to deal with a lot of depression, a lot yeah. of anxiety, and I could not get a handle on it right. at that point. Yeah. So it was, it was a tough season. I'm, the the chronic illness that I have dealt with has stole a lot from our family. Yeah, in time, in time, in money, in resources, yeah. jobs, yeah. things that have been near and dear, friendships. Mm. Um, it took a lot, and my family endured a lot. Yeah. Yeah, what were if I here's what I love about your story. One of the things that was keyword was yes a part of your story yes um what were some of the things that you did deal with depression anxiety like what was actually going on if you'd be specific because i'm sure there's others who might be feeling experiencing some similar things that sure. you were going through so depression was massive mm. i i've dealt with four bouts of suicidal depression mm -hmm. in my life and it for a long time, I was embarrassed to share that, yeah. but now, because I'm healed, I'm, I want to give hope yeah. that God, yep. God can heal that. Yeah. Massive anxiety. Uh, I had arthritis mm. that started in my 30s. Wow. If you look at my hands now, yeah. you would think, oh boy, that's some bad arthritis. But there's no pain. Yeah. My hands do not hurt. I don't have pain in my body anymore. Yeah. I had uh, serious gut problems. Yeah. I was allergic to a lot of food. I could not sleep. Um, as the illness progressed, I developed lung problems. I was coughing up blood. I had tons of lung infections. I, I, I began to get intolerable to Wi-Fi, to sound, to light. I could not... I could not tolerate medications. Yeah. I think I talked about food sensitivities. Yeah. Um, there, there's, there were so many symptoms. I mean, I, on my rap sheet, I have, I, I had a thyroid disorder, hypothyroidism yeah. that I've been healed of sleep disturbances. Mm. You name. I, it was, I was a mess. Yeah. And every day was just trying to survive the day. Yeah. Now in the early years of, the illnesses it manifested more as just depression and anxiety and arthritis yeah but as time went on more and more things started going wrong in my body yeah and 
it it just was like a tsunami. Yeah. I worked for Life Choices and mm-hmm. I love that job. I love that ministry. Yeah. I believe in what they do. Yeah. That's where I met your sweet yeah. wife. Yep. Fell in love with her. Yeah. How long was that? How how long did you work? I I was a volunteer for 15 years yeah. then I taught in the schools yep. the sex ed yep. in the schools and then I was hired on staff as the client services director and I did that for eight years eight years okay. but in 2016 Randy's parents health was failing my health was failing mm-hmm. and I just could no longer do the demands of that job and yeah. do it well yeah um so I made the decision to step down but since then you know there was about five years in there that I truly did not know if I was going to make it. Yeah. I, I could not put on weight. I could not function. Yeah. I was, I was homebound, Mm. um, to ride in a car because of the state of my nervous system. I had nervous system dysfunction, not anxiety, not, I did have anxiety, but nervous system dysfunction just simply means all the ways that your nervous system runs your body yeah. was not functioning like it should. Like your breathing, your gut, your blood sugar, your, um, uh, you know, how you metabolize food, just yeah. think your nervous system runs all of that. Yeah. Yeah. And mine was not working. Yeah. And so I, I was homebound and we ended up, my doctor diagnosed me with mold illness. Okay. And mast cell activation, mm. hypothyroidism were the big ones. Yeah. And we had to move from our home because yeah. that was the main source of mold. And although we could remediate it to sell it, we couldn't get it to the level that someone as sick as I was yeah. could handle. Yeah. And so we, our home was such a treasure. It was a family home that my husband's grandfather built. Yeah. And I was sick about losing that home and my children grieved that and the rest of our family grieved it because it's been in the family the entire time like since the early 1900s so uh we moved and those were some dark years Mm. from from 2000 the end of 2018 until about 2021 were i really didn't know if i was going to make it yeah i it was the darkest of dark of dark for me and for yeah. my family. And my, my husband went through hell yeah. with me. Right. We lost our home. We were living in a duplex. My husband's parents had failing health. My husband's dad died during that time. Mm. It, it was dark and I was suicidal. Yeah. <laughs> I did not want to live and I just, I could not come up for air. Yeah. That is so brutal. Thanks for sharing all that. Yeah. How old were you in that range? So it was mid-30s that that started? Mid-30s, and then I would have been uh, about 50. Okay. I'm 56 now. Okay. Yeah. So uh, into my early 50s yeah. with so with when things got real, real, real bad. Yeah. Yeah, and you tried everything. Everything. Everything under the face of the sun. Like, <laughs> because, you know, when I first met you guys, it was like, oh, this is the healthy family. <laughs> you know, it's like eating, eating so clean and, and, you know, drinking out of glass instead of plastic. Yes. And, you know, all of the things. Yes. You know, I remember all of the things. I stayed with the coffees for a summer and um, when I was in college and, so healthy yeah um and so you tried diet you tried all the doctor things yes. you went to the arizona right for yes the, what was that it was like a it was a clinic that dealt with depression anxiety it dealt with toxicity mm-hmm. um with mold it yeah. dealt with addiction issues yeah. Yeah. which i've never struggled with that yeah. but the anxiety depression mold i fit into that category I, I went to so many doctors and yeah. so many clinics. And then when my lungs started really acting up, I was down in Texas a lot at a doctor yeah. down there yeah. getting treatment. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and we housed college students for 10 years. And that's yeah. how we met you, yeah. Yeah. fell in love with you, yeah. and then met Megan. Yeah. Um, 
And so all through those years, God was gracious in giving me the strength to, you know, work and to do the things I could function. But when, when it hit where I could no longer function, that's when I thought I have got to really get serious. And I kind of can get a little tunnel focused with stuff. And so I, you know, was on the latest and greatest of what I was Googling and searching and trying to figure out things and diet did help. Yeah. You know, it did, it did bring some help, but it didn't heal me. Yeah. It didn't heal me. Yeah. I I went, I went through all the things. Yeah, and it didn't heal me. Yeah. Okay. So what did? So what? Let's did? let's transition to. You had fifteen years of chronic illness. Tried yeah. everything. It reminds me of the, the woman that Jesus healed. Yes. Right. She had tried everything, and doctors had only but taken all of her money. You yes. Know? Like, so, what happens? So God illuminated that story to me yeah. in the Bible. And That's funny. I didn't know that. He did. Yeah. And so in the early days of my healing journey, that story was front and center. And on bad days, I would just say, Lord, remind me that you're here. And that story would pop up in the craziest ways. Like a secular guy talking about nothing related to the Bible would reference that story. Or a song on the radio, and the speaker would reference that story. But that story started to become a theme. So I started really looking at that story and all the nuances of that story. You know, she said in her heart, Mm. if I but touch him, I will be healed. So I started saying in my heart, if I just touch him, God, show me how I'm not touching you. Then he says you know, she got to him and grabbed the hem of his garment. He didn't even know that power had, or he knew power had come out, yeah. but he didn't know who touched him. Yeah. And I would, I would start envisioning myself touching him and yeah. that power coming into yeah. me. And then I would start asking God, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how to get well. I stopped. I stopped trying to figure out how to get well. Yeah. And I started asking him, how do I get well? Yeah. I, I did have, um, there were, a, there was a series of events and this is not going to, I'm not going to have time to go into it here, mm-hmm. but God showed me, first of all, there's spiritual warfare. Yeah. And part of my story was I was under an oppression of the enemy mm. and I did not understand that. Yeah. He also showed me, I did not have a proper view of his love for me. I had a fearful love and yeah. I felt like I had to do everything just right, but yeah. I wasn't resting in the finished work of right. Jesus wow. in my life. Yeah. And that was part of my story. Right. The other part was baby girl, you need to get relationship with me and start talking to me yeah. about your situation. Yeah. Instead of thinking that, you know, or listening to the world, yeah. what's the world telling you? Yeah. Stop listening to the world and start listening to me more. Yeah. And so from there, God led our family on um, a journey with a ministry called Be In Health. There, let me back up. There was one day in, when we were living in, in the tiny side of our duplex. Randy was working. He worked in Springfield. I was super sick that day, super depressed, yeah. super just like how have I ended up here? Yeah. It's like building a life, yep. a beautiful life, yep. and then it's gone, and you're just in a dark room looking around. It's tiny. You're all alone, and you're like, how have I ended up here? Yeah. And I remember I took my phone, and I chucked it across the room, mm. and I just said, God, I know that you're powerful enough to heal me. And I've, I've done all the right things in yeah. my pride. I said that. Yeah. And I can't figure this out. So you have to show up. You have to show up. Yeah. I don't know how to get out of this mess. And that was the start. And that's when God's, God started peeling back those onion layers we've yeah. talked about. You don't know my love for you. You don't know that there's oppression from the enemy in your life that you've opened the doors and you've allowed in. You don't know that you're looking at the world trying to solve your problem 
And Sean, your problem is spiritually rooted. You're sick in your body and in your mind because you have a spiritually rooted problem. Mm. Whoa. Had no idea. Get in my word, baby girl. Yeah. And I'm going to give you fresh eyes through the power of the Spirit. I'm going to anoint you with the power of the Spirit. I'm going to give you fresh eyes. And you're going to see that I am Jehovah Rapha, (laughs) the God who heals. And I'm going to walk you out of this. But you got to give me consent. Yeah. And then when I show you something, you got to do it. Yeah. I was like, I am in. I'm all in. And that started my journey. And there's there's so many layers to this healing journey. But... I, I'm here today to yeah. tell you I'm on no medication. I take vitamin C and magnesium. <laughs> That's the only things I take. I eat. I still eat healthy because God has told me to eat yeah. healthy. Yep. He has said, Sean, you've learned to eat healthy. Yep. Stay eating healthy. Yes. Um, but now my Papa God... There's nobody... I want to be with more because he hears me and he's with me and he strengthens me and he loves me and nobody mm. can steal that yeah. from me. That's right. And I'm healed. My yeah. thyroid is healed. Mold is healed. My lungs are healed. Like I went to the beach recently and walked that beach and held my babies and and I went with Shaylee recently to a museum in um, Arkansas, hot, sweating, <laughs> carrying heavy grandbabies. <laughs> and I looked at her and I'm like, do you realize what a miracle this is? Yeah. I couldn't even ride in a car. I could not get off the couch. I could not cook a meal yeah. without just <laughs> severe discomfort in my body. And I... I owe God all the glory. And now I can't stop talking that God's a healer. And it's a passion and a privilege to pray for people for healing. Mm. Because there's so many that are strapped down from the enemy. The enemy. And God, God has freedom for us. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Praise you, Jesus. I'm, I am so grateful that that is true. Yes. <laughs> and uh, and that it's like you were at the end of your rope. Yeah. And that's when, like, that it's like, did it really take that long to hit rock bottom? Because <laughs> you know I'm so I mean? stubborn. Yeah. It took <laughs> twenty that, years. Twenty years to 20 hit years. rock bottom. Yeah. May that not be for everybody mm. else. I I mean, I just, yeah. But he's faithful and he's tenacious yeah. and he will not let you go. Yeah. But I'm saying if you lean in, yeah. our Father God, he's Papa to yeah. me. Yeah. He is faithful. Yeah. He's faithful. And I, I will die on that stake. Mm. He is faithful in every situation. Yeah. And we are called overcomers. We are the mm. head. We are not the tail. Yeah. We are victorious yeah. in Christ. Yeah. We are called to live an abundant life. And if our lives are not that, God has the answer. Yeah. But we have to listen. Yeah. So you come from rock bottom. The Lord begins this healing process in you. And to me, <laughs> I see you moving from sick to healed to becoming a, to becoming like a minister of reconciliation, becoming someone who participates in God's redeeming the world. Like you are part of God tying things back together. Like you are... Um, yeah, you're an active participant with him now. Like, you, right? How did that, you know? Because you could have just been like, "Oh, thanks, God, I'm healed now." But you're more than that. 
Like you're, you're participating with him. You're partnering with God. I see that in you. Like, how did that happen? So at one of the spiritual retreats that we went to, it's a place that deals with people with chronic illness. Yeah. They have a time of praying over people for gifts of the spirit. Yeah. And I, they, they, they talk about the gifts and how they build the body and help the body to be healthy. Yeah. They help you to understand how the gifts work mm. and how they operate. And so I just got to this place where I said, Jesus, I want everything you have for everything. me, all of it, like yeah. dump it, fill me yep. up. Yep. And they wanted you to pick out a couple of gifts that resonated with your spirit yeah. and a gift of healing and a gift of faith were yeah. the two that mm-hmm. I specifically asked for. Yeah. And um, I feel like God has just ignited a passion yeah. in my heart yeah. to, I, I literally wake up every morning and I'm, I'm just like, thank you, God, for a day where for many years it was like, oh, my gosh, I'm awake again and I have to again. get through this day. Yeah. But now I wake up and I had to train myself yeah. to do that. And yeah. God healed that part of me right. where now it's just second nature. Yeah. Like, God, what are we going to do today? Yeah. How am I going to get to join you <laughs> on your mission? Yeah to do some really cool things. And so my eyes are open and I'm ready. And I just don't even expect dull, boring days. I expect that he's going to bring the people that he wants me to minister to. And I told him, I said, I will minister to anyone that you want. You just got to bring them to my path and I will do it. Just yesterday, a sweet friend of mine called and said, said that her daughter is struggling with some oppression from the enemy. She's yeah. depressed, she's sick, and she's hearing voices. Yeah. And so I'm like, all right, let's start praying about it. And yeah. I give her resources, yeah. and I'm taking her to the throne of God. And it's such an exciting adventure. I never want to do anything different <laughs> at all. And prayer has become such a passion through yeah. my healing yeah. journey yeah. because I've learned when I prayed before, I didn't really believe God heard me or cared or would move on my behalf. And now I'm completely convinced (laughs) when I talk to my Papa God, he's present with me. He is concerned. He cares. And he he is moving on my behalf in response to my prayers. And so... Prayer was the catalyst mm. that I chucked the phone across the room yep. and I cried out to God right. and he moved in that. Yeah. And that was that was my first inkling <laughs> of, oh, we're in a relationship and I don't have to be perfect and I don't have to do it all right. I just have to cry out to my Papa God and he is the one that is the power and the strength to get me to the next stepping stone yeah. in my life. Yeah. I don't have to figure that out. It's him. Wow. Brainstorm. Brain yeah. <laughs> explosion yeah, yeah. of truth. Yeah. And now I, t- I, I sort of teasingly but sort of seriously with my children just say, oh, I wish I could reparent you. Yeah. There's a whole nother, a whole nother box mm. of ju- just sweetness that. When we were saved, you got this box of gifts yeah. at the atonement, your yeah. box of gifts. Right. And yeah, I'm just passionate about it. Yeah. I can't not talk about it. Yeah. Well, m- may it be so that those of us in our 30s don't have to, <laughs> Amen. <laughs> you know, don't have to, to wait until our 50s to, to be there. Yes. You know, that we don't have to say wish I could repair it. Well, of course we will in some ways, like we're people, yeah. we're human, but man, I, I would love for, for so many of us listening and so many of us at this church to learn some of those things. Yes. Yes. I love what I love about you. One of the pieces I love about your story is that you are growing now in your fifties, like more than ever. Right. And that gives me so much hope that it's like I'm not past the, you know, you think of like a, 
um, you grow so much physically as a as a child, and then you start to grow intellectually and emotionally and all those things as a teenager and in your twenties. And and I think there could be this fear that like, well, I'm locked in. Yeah. You know, it's slow. <laughs> growth is only slow from this point. Right. And it's like, maybe by hu- by human power. Right. But not by God. Like, he well, can do whatever he wants, whenever he wants, however he wants, you know? Absolutely. And I just want to, again, name drop in our Wednesday night class, Mary George. Oh, yeah. Her, in her 80s. Yes. Jean Herod yes. in her 80s. I know. Both of these women have come to me this yep. year and been so excited that they are set on fire by the Holy Spirit. Yep. And they are saying, we are learning things we've never known before. We are growing and it's, they're doing ministry yeah. and they're so excited. God, God's resources are never tapped out. If you tuck yourself under yeah. his wing yeah. and you get into relationship with him, yeah. He is going to take you on the grand adventure of your life and satisfy you and nourish you and fill you to where he's the person that you want to be with the most. There's just so much. There's so much there. My mind was healed. (laughs) My thought processes were healed. My, you know, I had rejection issues, abandonment issues, loneliness issues, healed healed yeah like i i just still to this day sometimes i'll i pray or walk and i'll just burst into tears like god i just still cannot believe it and i'm like a few years in now yeah but it's so sweet yeah and i want that for other people yeah i want our church to be a church that that will pray through with people for healing and not give up I'm not God, and I don't set the rules, and I submit to what he does. But until he tells me to stop praying for someone for their healing, whether mental, physical, spiritual, I'm going to pray for that person because I knew it took me 20 years to get healed. And Randy and I were praying in our 30s for healing. And now we are just – and I see the growth in my husband Mm. Because he's seen this journey with me, yeah. and he's on fire for the yeah. Lord. Yep, he is. When people get healed, <laughs> no matter what what type of healing, yes. it could be financial healing, yeah. relational healing, yep. all all the all the healings. Yeah. It only builds the church, yep. the body. Yeah. It makes it strong. Yeah. Because we only serve Jehovah Rapha, mm. the God who heals. Yeah. Shifting gears a little bit, what um, what are some of the tools, resources that God's put in your tool belt over the last couple of years that have been really formative for you, that have been really useful for you, that you feel like um, you want to share with, with people in our church? Well, the first and foremost is if you're not living an abundant life, that you get with people who are living that and you ask them to lay hands on you and to pray for that. That the Holy Spirit descends on you in a new and powerful way. Because yeah. we can have all the tools that we want, but if we don't have the power of the Spirit, we are not going to walk in that right. abundance. Yeah. So, Spirit-filled, on fire, Yeah. People living abundantly, yeah. though that is the greatest resource that <laughs> yeah. you can have, yeah. and that's yeah. called the body yeah. of Christ. Um, I've always been a woman of the word. I've always believed in the power of the Bible. I've always read scripture, loved scripture, yeah. but get, getting a Bible app called eSword, and I know there's some other apps that break down the original language of scripture Mm. into Greek and Hebrew Mm. to where you can understand what the intent was. It has been very beneficial for me, but I'm also a I'm a teacher at heart and I know that's not for everybody, but my husband's not a teacher at heart and it's, he's used that tool. Um, so that's been beneficial. E sword. E sword. 
And I know that there's other ones that do that, but that's just the one that I use. Yeah. It's the Strong's, Concord- Strong's Concordance, yeah. I think is super helpful. I have a Bible that is similar to that. It's the Filament app, mm-hmm. and I will link it. Um, but it has it's a paper Bible, and with the app, you can scan any page in this Bible, and it will pull up resources. Oh, wow. There's like study resources. There's devotional resources. Okay. And then there's something else like maps and, and things like that. Right. Which are really That's cool. interesting. So it's got a little, little almost like a little QR code yeah. anywhere on by the page number that uh, that will pull up those things. So I have read so many books on healing. On um, I'm currently reading a lot on gifts of the spirit. Yeah. I'm reading uh, books on just oppression, demonic oppression in people's yeah. lives. Yeah. And yes, there are some that are way wackadoo yep. that you should not right. read. But um, there's some really good ones. And I'm trying to think to link yeah. some. Yeah. Um, I maybe could get back with you yeah. to, link, yep. to link it because yep, I can't bring them up. Because I'm trying to think, like, what is the starting point? You know, what's the like the starting point is to get with people who are spirit filled right. that are going to pray over you yep. and they're going to keep praying with you and they're going to keep speaking the word over you. Yep. Because sometimes when you are struggling in your life, you need people to hold faith in that mm. space yeah. while you're too weak. Yep. And that really this church and this ministry that I worked with, um, they did that for me. Yeah. They helped me to, they they held that faith for me when I was just whirling yeah. with the pounding of what had gone on in yeah. my life. Yeah. But it, it prayer, get with people who pray. Yep. You know, we do the pr- prayer platforms yeah. every week. Yep. And my personal prayer is that they get so filled. Yep. We need to get more people trained to yep. get down there yep. to pray lines. with people. Yeah. And we, every week, without fail, I'm not going to say that. I'm going to retract that. Most times when I pray with someone, I get a report back that that God has moved in their life. And it's powerful. And I always ask them, please keep me posted. If you're not seeing results, come back and pray. If you do get results, I want to know about it because I track this. Um, I, cause I want to see God's handiwork. Yeah. This is, I am a vessel. Yep. There is nothing special yep. about me, yep. but I believe it. And yeah. I, so I operate in it. Yeah. So the prayer platforms are huge. Yeah. Get in a small group that prayer is a focus. So what if the prayer platform, what if you don't have a big, acute, specific problem? What if, you know, what if there's not something terrible going on in your life? Should you still... I have I have people come to pray with me for blessing yeah. over something that they're doing, right. for guidance for something that they're needing, for yep. direction. Yep. The pl- the prayer platform is a place for relationship yeah. with Christ, yeah. with another believer. The Bible says, "Where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in your midst." Yeah. And so I, you know, it's a it's a sacred space yeah. of getting encouragement, <laughs> of getting wisdom yeah. of getting filled up. Right. I could do a whole podcast on <laughs> just the prayer times that I have yeah. with people and the amazing, crazy, mind blowing things yeah. that God does in those prayer times yeah. with people. Yeah. It's mind blowing. Yeah. And then when you hear you hear people come back and tell you, you're just like, Oh God, you're so good. Yeah. I want to do that yeah. again. Yeah. It's the most like there's really nothing I I, I, I would spend all my time praying. Yeah. That's my favorite thing to yeah. do with people yeah. on issues right. or blessing or guidance. Like prayer is relationship and you're just coming down to talk with God and you want to do it with somebody else yeah. that may give you encouragement, that may hold faith for you if you're struggling to believe. <laughs> I needed in my in my healing space I did not know things that were going on in my spiritual life 
that people that operate in more of the gifts of the spirit and they're discerning they yeah. had they had an ear to hear god yeah and they did it in such a beautiful way mm. they'd say sean I- i'm sensing that you're dealing with fear is this true yeah yes sean i'm sensing da 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 they were getting knowledge from the lord yeah. a word of knowledge yeah. And when those were brought to light, because I couldn't hear it, I couldn't sense it, when they would bring that to light, then all I needed to do was say, God, I am dealing with a spirit of fear, and I repent of that, and I'm asking you to come in and cleanse me. But I didn't know that until someone that was more spiritually discerning could pick up on. And it set me free. And I had that happen over and over. And that's what I'm experiencing when I pray with people many times. Not always, but many times. You know, operating in the Holy Spirit and and having that relationship with him, that partnership with him, it reminds me of this C.S. Lewis quote um, that I think about often. And it's like, it's so good. And yet we can live ignorant to what God can do in our lives and the, the goodness and honestly the the addictive nature of when you see God move you want to see it again yes. you want to pray you want to continue to do those things C.S. Lewis says we are half-hearted creatures fooling about with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered us oh my word like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at sea, mm. we are far too easily pleased. Amen. We are far too easily pleased. Amen. And I, I don't want to be satisfied with less, with, yeah. with operating in my own strength, you know? Yeah. My mom, I don't think she'd mind me sharing this. She still struggles with addiction and her husband as well and I keep directing and my mom mm. claims to know the Lord and I keep directing her to scriptures and one day she texted and she said I've been reading the Bible all morning and talking to God and it's the greatest high I've ever known wow and I was like could that could not have been more perfectly said oh my goodness and that's that's what I want to shout out like there's no there's nothing on this earth that compares to the love, joy, peace, patience <laughs> that descends on you yeah. when you get, when you flow in that river of life that God promises you, there, there's nothing, there's nothing that, yeah. nothing yeah. that will satisfy like that yeah. in your darkest loneliness, right. in your deepest pain, yeah. in, in the greatest meal you've ever eaten, <laughs> in the love affair that yeah. you've ever known. Yeah. What uh, floating in that river of life with God mm. is the most exhilarating, most satisfying. Man, we could talk all day. We could talk all day. This, this has already gone so long. Have you heard? Have you read The Great Divorce by C.S. Lewis? I've not. He paints this picture of hell as getting everything that you'd ever wanted, mm. and the people that are in hell they only get further and further apart from each other because they get so fed up with each other that they find I'm moving. And so they, they started closer together and they're just growing distant for mm-hmm. eternity. And the one of the things is Napoleon Bonaparte mm-hmm. is he has this huge mansion, the biggest mansion that anyone had ever seen. And, and he's pacing and he's got this big, long table set with a feast. And <laughs> he he will he'll scoop up some food and and take a bite and it looks like the best food that you've ever had and it's ash once it once once it once it goes into his mouth it turns to ash wow and the roof doesn't actually provide any protection rain comes straight through yeah so he's in this what looks like a huge mansion with a feast and it, it rain comes straight through on him and the food tastes like ash and he's lonely wow and the wars that he won it never satisfied mm. and, and it just makes me it's like only he satisfies only yeah well we've gone a long time yeah we're gonna break this thing down into some parts <laughs> um and so uh i i would love 
Um, do you have a word of encouragement, exhortation, blessing for your church family that you'd want to share? Mm. Our God is powerful. Yeah. He is mighty and he is true to his word. Yeah. And if your Christian life isn't, quote, working for you, yeah. you're not seeing the abundance, the blessing, the joy, the peace. Yeah. Get with people who who are walking in that yeah. and learn from them. Get in the Bible. Yeah. Spend time sitting quietly with God and just say, God, I want all you have. Yeah. I want all you have, you know. We've got prayer pockets popping up all over this church mm. and change happens when we pray. Yeah. It's the greatest catalyst. We are the vessel that yeah. God uses through prayer yeah. to touch the heart of God yeah. and to affect change on this earth yeah. and get with people who do that, yeah. learn how to do that and believe God for big things pray mm. big pray bold yep. don't stop praying yep. and let's pray together yeah. and watch what god does i just challenge us yeah. watch what god yeah. does if you do that yeah because he will not disappoint yep amen yeah amen i love it love you Chantel. so grateful for you, you sharing and um yeah we're grateful for you thank you yeah thank you all right love you church people we'll see you soon Oh, 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 o